This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. was a giant and he was a cowboy now these two former rivals have joined forces to bring you the most insightful perceptive and controversial sports talk podcast in america former dallas cowboys defensive end jim jeffcoat locks horns with former new york giants wide receiver byron williams and now here's byron williams and jim jeffcoat Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the JMB Talking Shop with Jim Jeffcoat and Byron Williams. I'm your guest host, Mac from Mac and Jack Sports, filling in for Big J, and I'm here with Big Play, Byron Williams, New York star wide receiver. What's going on, Byron? Hey, how you doing, Matt? What's going uh, on? Uh, man, listen, I'm going to tell you, Byron, this is a happy time for me and a sad time because. This yeah. is the when the playoffs start, and I know football season is going to be over in about a month or so. And so I'm really excited, but I'm kind of sad in a way too, Byron. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of happy too. That was a long year, 18 weeks, the first time the NFL have gone 18 weeks in regular season. And, of course, this playoff time now. So this is excitement. Yeah, man, let me tell you, there's a lot of, lot of football happening out right now. And, you know, we got the playoffs happening. We got GMs and coaches being let go. We got the playoff pitchers in focus now. I mean, everything's going full bore in the NFL right now. And, folks, let me remind you, before me and Byron get to yapping about the NFL, uh, coming up in about a half hour, we have the three-time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP defensive back, Larry Brown from the uh, from the Dallas Cowboys will be joining us in about a half hour, and we'll get to talking to him about the playoffs and, of course, his days with the Dallas Cowboys. So it should be a lot of fun having Larry on. So, Byron, let's get yeah. to two games I want to talk about, man. Okay. Right? All or nothing, and that's what the playoffs are about. So we got an early treat last week, right? We got the, the uh, Oakland Raiders and the Los Angeles Chargers playing. Winner right. – Gets in, the loser goes home, and then we got the 49ers, winner go home. And them two great games were awesome, Byron. It was they was they was they was tremendous games. I mean, excitements throughout the game. You couldn't you couldn't even walk walk away from the TV. You were stuck on there to see what was gonna happen next. Um, I, I know I I like the Raiders too because I got a guy number 96. He got defensive player of the game. He was one of the guys on defense that made the difference in the game. Darius Fallon, I mentor him. I'm going to set up a football camp for him this summer. So I was so excited. And I say, man, Darius, it's time for you to get up off your butt and make some things happen. But the game was exciting to the end. I mean, the Chargers, man, never seen uh, a team go for that makes four, uh, six opportunities on fourth down. On fourth yeah. down to, to, to continue to score points in that game. So game went into overtime, and I know the Steelers were sitting on their seats at home. Yeah. I mean, you know, the only the only thing I didn't like about the game, I mean, the whole game was exciting. I mean, it, it went right down to the wire. It ticks me off that pass interference penalty. The penalty they give you for pass interference, right? You, you have Carr going back. He throws the ball deep in the end zone. The receiver runs into the defensive back. I don't know if he would have caught it or not, but your first and goal. And yeah. you're on the other 40-yard line. That changed the whole complexion of the game at that point, Byron. Yeah, no no doubt. And and that, that's one of the things that you have to stay reminded of, especially being a defensive back. They're calling these penalties now. I mean, you if you if you are bumping or holding or touching the receiver, 
uh, the, the the referees are calling that play now, and so it's so obvious, and it really messes up the game. It makes it make the game kind of like, man, what can we get a break or something like that? But you know, uh, these guys are playing their hearts out. What's good about it, you know? And and I, I just you know, you just got to be like defensive backs got to be continue to just turn your head back and uh, look back for the ball as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I don't know if you agree with this or not, Byron, but to me, the Chargers had the better talent on paper. But I, if I was the Chargers, if I, if I was the Chargers and a player on the Chargers team, I would be sick right now. Justin Herbert had a great, great season. I mean, second year player, and um, you know, another thing too, the, the coach made some 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 decisions that I would question and say. Man, why not do this? Why not take a field goal? Um, they go, they went for a first down on the opposite side of the field a couple of times, one, one time for sure. And sometimes that changed the momentum of the game. So I, I don't know. I, I just think the Chargers definitely a playoff team should be in the playoffs. And um, you know, some people are saying let's go ahead and play for a tie. You know, they call a timeout at the end of the game, and yeah. you got all these people, you know, speculating on which way what they should be doing. Uh, it, the game will end in the tie. I know the Steelers were sitting at home because both of these teams would have made the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you know, it goes to show that on the field, Byron, still heart matters, right? Mental toughness matters. Yeah. And I, I just think the Raiders were just mentally more tough than the, than the Chargers that game. Absolutely. You know, and, and I think, too, and uh, I think somebody said it, the fans showed up. I mean, the Raiders have some of the the Raiders and the Cleveland Brown. They have some of the best fans, and so if you're on the sideline, sometimes you be on the bench. So I'm pretty sure the Chargers was hearing all kind of things on the sideline on the bench. But sometimes that is not a, a part of what the fans see from TV. You know, just hearing what the fans are saying. But the fans showed up too. I know Derek Cost mentioned it, that that uh, you know give give credit to some of the fans that showed up for that game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Raider fans can be uh, fanatics, unbelievable. I, I, I would love to play in front of that crowd. So, oh yeah, no doubt. Over, over in the NFC now, here, here's, here's another a game that was, you know, a tale two halves, right? The Rams jump all over San Francisco first half, seventeen right. nothing. Right. But I noticed, and I watched the whole game here too, Byron, that the 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 49ers in the second half came out like wild dogs. They were aggressive. They were physical with the Rams. Even the wide receivers were running over safeties. It took four guys to bring down a wide receiver. I mean, every player on that team seemed to be inspired. Uh, like I've never seen a, a team go up against another team in, in one half. And the Rams could not handle the physicality in the second half, Byron. Absolutely. And, and seemed like it was just two, two different teams when the 49ers came out in the second half. They controlled the whole second half. I mean, they didn't. I mean, they they scored. Debo is 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 lights out. I mean, if you don't key off of Debo, you know you can you can't stop them. But anyway, they had the momentum. You had uh, a couple of receivers. Number fifteen uh, uh, had a great game. A couple of touchdown catches. And I tell you what, Jimmy Jimmy G, he was on. To, he said like he he just he just took over the game. Yeah, I and, think that, I think I think that was Jennings, right? Uh, number fifteen, I think. Yeah, Jennings. Yeah, that's right, Jennings. And, uh, Jennings and, scored. And 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 the defense was all over, you know, the quarterback. I mean, I mean, Stafford was always running into the rush, and it looked like the San Francisco 49ers of two years ago, right when they went to the Super Bowl. They looked right. like a physical, strong team. And I'm not. I don't want to say the Rams are weak or soft. But they sure couldn't stand up to the 49ers in the second half. And that surprised me, Byron. That surprised me too. I, I think I thought the Rams would step up and and, and get in their face. And but I'm telling you, for us dominating the, the game, um 49ers came back like a like like a nomads. They they came out with Avenger. And I'm telling you that, that if they bring that same mentality and that same effort down here in Dallas, the Cowboys gonna be like in for it. Yeah, it's going to, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Dallas better be ready to, and they better button up them chin straps because 49ers are no joke. And and I, I, this is what I thought in the beginning here and they got in the playoffs and we'll see what happens. I mean, that's, that's, that's a physically dangerous team. Um, yeah. So 
the coaching carousel happens, Byron, every year, right? They call it Black Monday. A lot of coaches get let go. Of course, earlier, yeah. you know, Gruden and, and Urban Myers were let go. Right. And then come Monday, and Nagy, everybody thought Nagy was going to be gone. Everybody thought that uh, uh, there was talk about Zimmer being gone. The Denver yeah. coach, let me see if I got his name. It's Vic. I shouldn't even try to pronounce this without looking at Fangio. He gets, he gets fired by Denver. Right. And you know, the Giants, let's talk about the Giants because that's that's your team you played for. That's my, you know, that's our team I'm a, I'm a fan of. Yeah. Gellman gets let go, which I wasn't surprised. Right. He's, they said he retired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He sure did. Uh, I think he retired a, a year ago. But anyway, um, yeah. Judge, Joe Judge, he looked like he might hang in there. Some people were saying maybe he'll end up getting another year, but. I think Tish wanted a reboot. And, you know, I was a big fan of Judge when he first got there. I thought, here's a here's an exciting young coach. Yeah. You know, he's been in two good programs, New England. He was down in Alabama. You know, he's got some – he learned from some good coaches. Right. But I think what – I what it is, by I think – and correct me if I'm wrong, because you played for some really great coaches, right? Mm-hmm. Bill Parcells being one of them. I think the team is an extension of the coach, right? So, oh, yeah. So with Bill Parcells, no nonsense on the field. You're gonna play. T- you're gonna play aggressive, and that's Bill Parcells, and it's all business, sort of like Bill Belichick. And then yep. you got your you got your rah rah guys, right? You got like uh, you got like the Rams coach, right? He's a right. He runs down the end zone. And he gets all excited. Pete yep. Carroll's kind of. Wrong. I'm not saying either one's right or wrong. I'm just saying it's like an extension of the coach. And I right. think the Giants looked unorganized at the end of the year, and I think Joe Judge was or- unorganized. And that's yep. why the Giants had no identity. Yep. Joe Judge didn't know what he was doing. He was in over his head, and I think he lost the locker room. By yeah, and we talked about that earlier. I mean, we couldn't even identify the leaders on the team. And right. and then another thing, too, uh, you know, losing the last four games, I mean, it seems like the guys are going – I know they had some injuries. I know Daniel Jones is injured and – uh, Saquon Barkley couldn't go uh, majority of your time, so I know those were some issues. But the offense seemed like to me, we couldn't even score hardly no points. Yeah, you know, probably less than fourteen points the last four or five games. That's that don't that don't that don't fly in the NFL. No. And I think what what really lost it the way they ended the game this past weekend. I mean, they got Washington dominated them, yeah. and so. Um, and the fans, man, I'm on all these group texts and things like that, and the fans were blowing up. They said, he's just got to go, just got to go. Up until this last week, you know, I thought he would at least have another year or two to, you know, to be there to to have an opportunity to coach, you know, coach the team and turn the team around. But it didn't happen. And I just think the owners had to say, we, we got to go a whole new direction, a whole new direction. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, you, you look at – you look at, at at teams that say, I know the first year teams are going to be excited. They're going to stay with their coach. Once yeah. you get in the second, third year, if they're still with you, all right, you're doing something. But, man, I mean, to to lose those games the way they did and the play calling and the and the defense uh, was on the field too long. And you're doing a quarterback sneak on, you know, third and seven at the nine-yard line. I mean – it just it looks I you know you, you look at the screen and you say what are you doing man what 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 are you calling here and yeah. it just it's yeah. very frustrating very frustrating Byron they couldn't get no no kind of consistency consistency on for making first down um, no, you know nobody want to you know seem to be stepping up I mean um, you know players was talking uh, behind each other back and and and, and some of the things saying behind judge back the coach. And of course, it all started in training camp, you know, yeah. with them him running the team and and this ain't this ain't Pee Wee League and th- things like that. So it's been building and adding up. So it, it caught up with Judge, and I hate it for him because he's a young, great coach. But man, you know, it's all about what have you done for me lately? How many games you win? Ten games and out of out of thirty some games, thirty four games, that ain't gonna cut it. No, no, not at all, Byron. You know. We look at the coaches that are available, the coaches that have left teams. So now you got the Bears looking for a head coach, Denver's looking for a head coach, the Giants are looking for a head coach. Um, you've got the Jags, uh, the Jags looking for a head coach. I mean, and the Vikings. 
let's 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 talk about let's talk about the Bears real quick. Do you think there's any chance that Jim Harbaugh comes back to the NFL and ends up coaching the Bears? His name is on a lot of people's list right now. I mean, he won the Super Bowl with the 49ers before he went to Michigan. Of course, he had a great year this year and he was well liked. And I just think if you want to coach in the National Football League, he's gonna have an opportunity unless he wants to stay there in Michigan. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I could see him going to the Bears from playing there and and you know and going uh, underneath Dick and stuff like that. That would be interesting. Um, now with the Giants, let's jump back on the Giants again. The Giants need stability, right? right so right. if they, I don't think they'll go for another young head coach, a young special teams coach or offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. Maybe they will. I mean, there's a few good ones out there, but I look around and I see two coaches. One that was a head scratcher when Miami let Flores go. I, I don't know why they let Flores go. There must have been a that was a bad move. Personal. There must have been some personality problems. You know what? Somebody told me that the owner really liked Harbaugh. Yeah. The, this one guy that played for the Dolphins called me this week and said he think that the owner really want to see if he can get Harbaugh down there to Miami. Possible, right? It's possible. Yeah. So, so as far as the Giants go, um, Flores is gone. I think Flores. And two years in Miami, he's done a good job. Not great, but I, he's young. And he, and he, yeah. But he got his team together playing hard. He won 19 years. games. 19 games. Yeah. yeah. And and then you got Zimmer out of Minnesota, who went 8-9 and nine this year. They finished in second. He's been to the playoffs. He's been to the championship with the Vikings. He coached under Bill Parcells. He coached under Jimmy Johnson. He's a defensive-minded yeah. guy. Run the ball, defense. And, and he always – Seem to have a good defense in Minnesota and a good running game. That could be something the Giants need, at least in short term, Byron. I think that'll be good. I think that'll be a good move, be a good plug. You know, he 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 know how to manage the players. I mean, they did a, he did a great job this year in Miami. I mean, said with Minnesota Vikings because you know Cus got hurt, the running backs was was that that hurt him really, really, and they had a lot of COVID issues. So, um, and he turned that defense around. And like you said, he's a he's a heck of a defensive coordinator. And I think he'll fit perfect with the Giants, but I don't know what the Giants are really want to come in. I think first they want to come in and bring a general manager. I know right. they interviewed a guy today, but I definitely think that uh, Zimmer, with his background and experience, he'll be an instant fix for the Giants. Yeah, I mean, I I, I see that experience. I, he knows how to run a club. He'll at least get him solid again. I don't know if he'll take him to the, to the promised land, but I think they'll be competitive again in a short time. I think this is what the Giant fans are looking for. I don't think they want another rebuild for three or four years. I think they're tired of that. But we'll see what happens. As you said, the GM is going to be the first step. And, you know, Giants are old school that way. They're going to one step at a time. And yeah. uh, we'll see who they get for a GM. I, I think the Cardinals assistant GM, I think he uh, interviewed today. Uh, yeah. The Giants. I think a guy named Quentin Harrison. Yeah. Um, yeah. That yes. So – you're in the locker room, Byron. You're headed to the playoffs. You know, I love to go get your experience being down there, being a professional football player in the locker room. So you made the playoffs, or say you're in that last game and you got to win it, I mean, to get in the playoffs. You see the intensity on the field. Does that start in the locker room? I mean, is is it all week in practice, or is it that day? How do you guys get up and get that speed going twice as much as in regular season? Absolutely. It's just like a whole different motivational lift uh, that's come over you. I mean, just, just think of what happened with the 49ers. They played two different games against the Rams this week, and that's what it's going to feel like for a lot of players going into the playoffs. You get a, you get a whole different viewpoint of, man, this excitement. And then you, then you also you think about extra money coming in and blah, blah, blah. So it, you, it's a lot of motivation of going. You know, you know, you win, you go home. You, if you, I mean, so you win, you, you going towards the next step or next round to the Super Bowl, and so you get excited. And you know, less error. I mean, everything be precise. The game plan, the meetings. You know, you ain't gonna go. You don't want to take too many calls. You want to stay focused. Just uh, those are the things that that uh, I think these players are getting ready to experience right now. And of course, now you got the COVID issue. I mean. I know here in Dallas, they talking about having all the players at a hotel just to make sure that they, uh, you know, stay focused on their assignments. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I never experienced, I you know, lower levels I experienced 
going to the playoffs and stuff, but not when it meant money and it meant your livelihood. I mean, that's got to be almost scary to a point, right? You, if the season's over, you don't know what's going to happen, you know, next year. I don't care who you are. And and to make the playoffs and to maybe get a shot at one time at that Super Bowl, that's got to be incredible, man. I mean. Man, that's every little boy dream. Everybody that played, all 1,696 players that started the season in the, back in training camp, this is the ultimate goal to get to that Super Bowl. You know, it's only going to be, you know, 53 players on the, on on one side, 53 on the other side, and hey, this is this is the this is what you play for. Yes, yes, yes. So let's talk a little bit about the Cowboys. Like I said, we should have uh, Larry Brown coming in here shortly. Um, so the Dallas Cowboys put away the Eagles, and uh, of course, I gave Phil, the Philly sports guy a hard time. Uh, <laughs> you know, because I said I don't want to hear the excuses. You know, second, I know I knew what he was going to say as soon as he came in. You know, yeah, we had our second stringers in there. What do you do? You listen, you lost. And not only did you lose, the Cowboys put a hurting on you. And you know, I personally, Byron, you know, I coached for years. Yeah. I never believed when going to the playoffs, which I did a lot as a coach, on giving my players a day off. I always thought momentum, or I should say a week off, momentum was everything going into the playoffs. And because, you know, whether you like it or not. That one week, and even you'll find out teams that get these buys, they yeah. come in a little rusty, and they do because they're not. They got that week off. They're not hitting. They're not. You know, you're sitting around studying, and you, you know you're trying to keep yourself up. These guys are fighting, and to me, to give your your players a whole game off, to me is crazy. I don't want my I want my team sharp as as a tack going into the playoffs. Yeah, and you know some coaches have different philosophy, but you know I, I think I still say the coaches need to be engaged with these players. Even if you give a, a two or three players a week off, I know the Cowboys did a couple of their players last week, and then three of them tested positive for COVID last week. But I still say that you got to stay sharp, and 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 it's almost like you're ready to go home in off season, and 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 you're gonna you know ease into it. But I think you got to keep the momentum going. You got to keep the focus on. You got to, you know, know your assignments. So little things do add up, and consistency and making sure that everybody is engaged and is on the same page. So and you know, and, and then they they came up with this statement this year: next player up and all that type of stuff. At the end of the day, you got to have a real player ready and focused to play this game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look. look. The, the Eagles are going to go play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which we'll get into more lately. Uh, mm -hmm. Later, but you know, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers—they're playing. They're—they're they're, you know, Tom Brady's playing. I mean, the, this guy's almost fifty years old, and he's out there, you know, starting in the game. They took him out later, but he was starting for the game. They want to win, and to me, mm -hmm. that means everything. Go ahead, Brian. And it's good that you said that. Guys like Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers, they playing. They they want to still play. They want to stay sharp, and they just want to make sure that the the team don't fade away and 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 ease into the sunset. No, they are playing because what? That's what they believe in. That's old school football. And sometimes yeah. you got to have some old school football players on this team to remind to, to remind even the younger guys. Hey, this is this is how you get to the Super Bowl. These guys ain't won the Super Bowl for nothing. They won. They won the Super Bowl because they know how the game should be played. Right, and and that's listen. The Cowboys might have sat out a couple of players, but Dak Prescott was out there, right? Or Cooper was out there. Lamb was out. I mean, these guys are out there to win. And I, you know, I they they can talk about the seeding all you want. They want to go out there. They want to finish the season up, and they want yeah. to. The season means something. You, you know, you could get knocked out in the playoffs, first round. Who knows? I mean, you're exactly. as good as your last game. And, you know, I, I just always had a problem with people saying, well, we're just going to sit the whole team down. I, I, well, then why, why not just forfeit? Why not just call ahead and say, hey, we're not playing. Uh, you know, we'll see you next week. Play somebody else. I, I never liked that. But Yeah, yeah. But you know what, what? What I like, too, what I like, too, that happened, you got to go out there and play focus football every week. Just, to ask, just call and ask the coach. They just thought they were going to go down to Jaguars, Jacksonville, and win. And that yeah. didn't happen. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I, there's, the NFL still shocks you, right? I mean, it doesn't matter. Here's a team that's going to go to the playoffs. All they got to do is beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
and the Jaguars handed to him. I mean, it wasn't even close. I mean, yeah. I, I don't that. And you no. know what? I'll tell you another game that, uh, you know, we talked about Tennessee Titans went down to Houston and they were, they was 21 zero at halftime. The game ended up 28, 25. And, yeah. and, 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 but I'm, I'm just saying these guys are still professional football players and you got to play to the zero, zero on the clock. I don't care who, who you are and I don't care if they're going to give you the, 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 the uh, round in the playoff, but you know, that's what I like about it. That's why I didn't understand the Eagles last year losing the game, keeping the Giants out the playoff. You don't let Washington – I, the NFC East is always the, one of the toughest divisions in National Football League. And I couldn't understand what they was trying – that's why Doug Peterson got fired last year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I Yeah, he did. Why would you do that? I don't know. Um, listen, there was another game in, that the Patriots – trying to get their seed, have a shot at the division title. And the Miami Dolphins beat them again at the end of the year. Byron, is there just teams that play really well against other teams? I mean, you you, you look at – you. that's like the Giants. Even when they're going to Super Bowl, them damn Eagles, for some reason, we give the Giants fits every year. It's just some, it's just some about the chemistry and how the matchups are. It, 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 you can't even explain it. You just know that it's going to be a good game. And, you know, then that's what I was saying about the NFC East. In any given week, those teams, we can beat each other. I mean, it always seems like it always go down to the very last game of the season for one of the teams in the NFC East to go into the playoffs. Yeah. It's been, it's just been that way. And then if you go back and look at some, this is Larry Brown. Hey, Larry. I'm going to log on to that link. You said call. Yeah, just yeah. Click on click on that link. That's what I'm about to do. You said call. So I no, no. I meant I meant log in. I mean log in. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, said, I said log in to the uh, to the website. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 But uh, but yeah, I I, I just say that uh, that the, this is the, this is the exciting time of the year for for anybody who played and you know got that Super Bowl, got a chance to go to the Super Bowl this year in LA. Um, just excitement, but yeah, yeah. I, listen, I I'll tell you, I can't wait for these playoffs because I tell you the truth, everybody picking everybody. We'll give our picks as we get closer, but man. It's going to be some tough matchups uh, coming up here because there are so many opposites playing each other too, Byron. Right? I mean, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think any almost any team in the playoffs has a shot, and this may people will think this is far fetched. Have a shot at getting the Super Bowl, and people say, "Oh, Kansas City will will kill Pittsburgh." Maybe, maybe so. That on paper they should. T.J. Washington, they got some players. They got some players on that defensive side of the ball that might might rake up some stuff. A couple, a couple interceptions and a fumble, and you, that's all it takes, Byron. Right? All it takes. That's all, all it, it takes. takes. So, yeah. um, I, I I am looking forward. Um, as I said, Eagles, Tampa Bay. You know, you got Dallas and San Fran. You got the Rams and the Cardinals, which is going to be an interesting game to me. Now that the Rams uh, got beat by the 49ers, especially. And uh, I was going to say this too the, the, the Rams and the Cardinals is a Monday night game. This is the first right. time they ever had a, a, a playoff game on Monday night. So it's it, it going to change a little, little dynamics there. It sure is. Well, as we're talking, our special guest, three time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. Defensive back for the Dallas Cowboys. Larry Brown's going to join us. I'm going to bring him up right now, Byron. All right. How you doing, gentlemen? What's up, Larry? Hey, am I in? I'm not technology efficient, so am I in? I guess I'm over. Yeah, well, Larry. You, you're a smart guy. You're a smart guy. <laughs> yes, you are. So, Larry, thank you for joining us. Jim had to go make some money in an appearance, so uh, I can fill it in for him. I, I produced the show, and, and, and I'm going to be in here for him today. So, Larry – 
let's let's talk a little bit about your career. I want to start uh, with you first. I, you're from TCU, if I if I read correctly. Um, you came to the you you came to the Cowboys as a low draft pick, but man, you rose fast, Larry. Well, yeah, it was great. You know, I came in as a 12 rounder. They don't even have 12 rounds anymore, so I wouldn't right. be drafted in today's time. And uh, you know, you work your butt off just to try to make a team. And so I was very fortunate to make the team and get an opportunity to play early and uh, get in the starting lineup and, and had a chance to, to get on a run with some great teams that we had in the 90s. What what was what was your I mean, when you come in here as a rookie, I mean, you're coming to the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys, legendary. I mean, coaches, uh, players, Hall of Famers, Super Bowl appearances. I mean, this is this is one of the premier teams in any sports. So to come over there and just to, to, to get drafted by the Cowboys and get to work out with them, how did that feel to you as a rookie? Well, that part was great. Obviously, it was a diff- different time for us. They wasn't that good. So right. there were a lot of scrutiny, a lot of change from ownership to head coaching. So I wouldn't say it's the most desirable uh, team to go to at that time. But um, being a Dallas Cowboys, you love it. You learn the history, the tradition, and some of the best fans in the world. They love them. Whether you like the Cowboys or hate the Cowboys, the Cowboys are always going to be in the conversation. That's the truth. That's the truth. Me, I'm a Giants fan, so you know where I stand in the Cowboys. But I don't hate you. I don't hate Little you. Trust right there. I don't. Don't hate you. I mean, you know, I, I've been following you guys since Tom Great Landry. Teams. Oh, my God, you guys. You, you know, ironically, when I came in the league in the 90s, the entire division had won a Super Bowl. The Giants had won, the Redskins had won, and the Cowboys had won. So it was a pretty unique time for the NFC East during that during that tenure. Very true, very true. So when you get in there, you, you become a starter. I mean, who had the biggest effect as a coach on you? Was it was it had to be the defensive back position coach? Is that is that the person that that really that worked with you the most? That 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 was an influence on you? Was it another player, Larry? Who really had the biggest influence on you when you first? Came? Well, I think it's a combination of all three. Um, Dave Campbell was my position coach, believed in me quite a bit, taught me a lot. I thought I knew football until Dave got a hold of me, and he he rode me so hard, and and I didn't know why he used to ride me so hard, but he did. Uh, I had players like Ray Horton, who kind of taught me how to be a professional. Uh, Kenny Norton Jr., guys like that, who said, hey, here, here's what it means to be a pro. Here's how you work. Uh, when you come in as a, a, a young college player, you have no idea of what it means. to. You think you practice two hours and go home, but it's not like that. And then I think finally the head coach, uh, Jimmy Johnson at the time, uh, he pulled the trigger, believed enough in me to put me on the field, and, and especially during a time like that. So – it's, it's always more than one person. A lot of people had influence on me. So, you know, Byron was a wide receiver. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't think he ever went up against him personally, uh, one-on-one. But uh, in your coverages, who was probably the toughest wide receiver at the time that you were covering back then? I always get that. They're all tough. There's no such thing as no one's not tough. So even the guys you may not have heard much of are tough. They're pros. So – uh, I think they're all difficult. You can go against a tall guy or go against a guy like Byron who can flat out run, who can run by you. You can go against a big physical guy. So every week is a challenge. So I would never say that there is a one guy. You know, you had to prepare for everybody being a pro. So Hey, hey Larry, yeah. um, one of the things that a lot of people don't know, you're the first defensive back to get uh, Super Bowl MVP. First corner. Yeah, first cornerback. First cornerback. Yeah, yeah, different cornerback. Yeah, and uh, and I I know that you you read that play uh, when you got that interception, right? So can you can you relive that moment when you when you when you made those two interceptions in the second half of the game in the Super Bowl? Absolutely. Uh, Mike Zimmer, our D coordinator, had been preaching all week that this game's going to come down to the guys that make one or two plays. And so when we decide to go zero coverage or blitz, be aggressive. You know, how many times do you blitz and a guy catch a five-yard stop route as a receiver in the gates bringing pressure? So take a chance, go get it. And uh, on the first one, I did a good job of cutting the guy off, jumping in front of him. Uh, they kind of ran one or two blitz checks, either a quick stop route or a quick slant. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people blame the quarterback for it, but it was really the receiver and me beating them to the spot right. uh, on both of those picks and getting there. But they were, we were bringing pressure, wanted to be aggressive, didn't just want to let a guy turn around and catch the first down. When we're bringing pressure, 
Yeah, and a lot of people don't know this, but when 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 you know you got a, a blitz and, and the receivers are part of the run, an alternate route, a short route, a, a slant or something like that, once you do your homework, you know, you can get that jump. And a lot of people don't understand it. That's why, you know, we talk about leaders on the field. We're talking about knowing the tendencies of the offense and things like that. And I have to give you credit. You, you, was, on, you was on point that game, Larry, and and then, you know, you made history. So congratulations for what you did. Well, I appreciate it. You know, you, you have to study. Guys are so good at that level. Uh, a lot of people think that the only guys that are great are the guys you hear about. Uh, there's a lot of guys you should be talking about. Maybe they're not as big as a Jerry Rice. You know, I mean, Byron and Henry Ellard and I, I mean, Philip Epps. I can name the list goes on and on of the greats that play the game. So you have to be a student. You don't give yourself an edge. You, you don't have you, you you stand a chance to make a play. You're not gonna make any plays at all. Right. So, so Larry, when when you're playing in, in in as a defensive back, I always I always coach the kids. You read the the player then to the ball and try not to look into the backfield. How much of the looking in the backfield do you do really at the pro level? I mean, you you know the the formation. You studied the tapes. You know what what they're basically what they're gonna do. They, of course, they're gonna change as as they go along during the week and maybe maybe do a couple different routes off of a certain play. But how much looking back do you do? How much anticipation is it? Or are you reading the receiver to the ball? That's a great point. You know, the teaching is different. For us, uh, we've always taught to clear the three-step. You read three-step, then you go directly back to the player. But you want to clear the three-step. If you don't read the three-step, you won't have a chance to make plays on the quick and short game. So uh, so we were taught to clear the three-step and get your eyes right back to the receiver at that point. Yeah, and I, I was gonna I was gonna talk about this. You know, the defensive back Brown that played with the Cowboys. Now, one game he had like four, three or four pass interference, right? And um, I was just gonna ask you um, that particular game too. The referees that particular game called more pass interference than any right. group of referees in the National Football League. So going into those games, do did y'all did you talk about that, or would you talk about that to your defensive back to the to the to you know to the players? Uh, for his preparation of how these referees call these these penalties. Well, I, I think, you know, honestly, I think the league should do something about it. Um, it's just it's impossible to play a contact sport with absolutely no contact. And so unless it's egregious, I just think that they're making a lot of bad calls. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's a number of times if you watch a game now, a ref doesn't even want to call until a receiver goes and jumps in his face and he'll pull his flag. So yeah. – you know, they can even be influenced to a certain degree now. And I just think that all the rule changes, I understand that you want to make it safe, but don't make it unfair. It is impossible for, and you know, you're a receiver, uh, 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 Byron. You get out in the field, it's going to be some hand fighting, hand checking. Yeah, It's impossible. So I think they've made it very tough on defensive backs to cover anybody anymore because they want no contact. I was going to ask yeah. you that, Larry. How do you think you would fare today in today's game with a you know uh, defenseless receiver, uh, you know holding, you know uh, uh, any any kind of contact you say for the most part is called against the defense. I mean uh, the receivers are hitting the, off the defenders sometimes just as much, but they always go after the defenders. How do you think you would do in the modern day defense in the NFL? I'd have a thousand penalties a game. <laughs> you know, there's no question about it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you had to – there is contact, and there's no way – you know, we played a lot of bump and run coverage. There's just no way I could cover anyone without touching them running full speed at all and not touching the guy at all. It's just – it's impossible. So, I think I'd have a hard time, truthfully. So, yeah, so Larry, do you, do you read the hips uh, on the receiver when you bump and run, or do you read, you know, what 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 kind of – give us a little pointer here and there. You know, we got these young young defensive backs. Do you do you read the players' hips or what? What, what do you do? You know, truthfully, uh, an old school guy taught me this. Some okay. people teach chest, hips. I used to watch knees because I can give you all this movement up here, but if your knees aren't changing into that direction, you're not going to run in that direction. So I paid a little attention to the knees because you're not. If you see a guy, he may give you a shoulder or a head, but if them knees aren't turned that way, he's not running that way. So I watch. I used to watch knees. That is one of the greatest points that we gonna have on the show. So yeah, that's you. true. I mean, I've never heard that. I mean, I, I like the to old say, school guys taught me a yes. lot. This, this is the way the old school guy did it. You know, I mean, I've, I've heard coaches teach something different. 
Yeah, and you I know, as a, receiver, as a receiver, what I did was I would cut the, the defensive back in half and I would just attack that one side. Right. A lot of young young receivers try to go right through the player, and that's why they get stopped on the on the on the uh, line of scrimmage. Well, I think uh, the way that we our coach during that time wanted corners that can run, and so we used to we you have to take something from them. Yeah. So I would never line head up either. I'm going to take inside. I'm going to take outside. I'm going to take something from you. I'm going to try to make you go where I want and be ready to run on that fade route. But you just can't give them everything they want. You have to take something from them. Yeah, I agree. Right. Yeah. So yeah. every 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 football player's dream since they're you know growing up is to go to the Super Bowl. I know we said you're a Super Bowl MVP and three time Super Bowl champion. What was that feeling the first Super Bowl? I mean, you get out there, there you are. You made it went through the season, the postseason, you guys are playing well. And there it is. You finally got there. What kind of feelings did you have going on that field? I think it was great for us. You know, if you understand the circumstance, again, we're one in 15, you know, two years prior. No one expected us to go. Uh, we went up to Candlestick and played an incredible 49er team. No one gave us a chance. Uh, we got there and played Buffalo, who'd been there twice already. No one gave us a chance. So for me, you know, I'm from Los Angeles. So to go home, Rose Bowl, 100,000, Michael Jackson, who's my favorite artist growing up, halftime show, you wow. know, it was a dream. It was a storybook. You just you just couldn't write it. So um, it was it was a great time, and, and you'll never forget those moments. Did any Super Bowl – is there any – did it ever, ever lose significance to you? I mean, first to the third. I mean, is it – you get a third one, it's like, yeah, I've been here before. I know what's going down. Or I think that it, your first is always special. Sure. You know, uh, your second's unreal. And then the third one was like, you know, wow. And then for us, not to mean sound arrogant, we felt that we let a few slip away. You know, we lost in that 95 championship game to the 49ers. So we're a little disappointed. Uh, excuse me, 94 championship game. And so we felt that we, 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 let, we let one slip away. And I think in any good team, you have to understand your window. There's not team, – teams have windows, I mean, where you legitimately have a chance to win a championship. They're not forever. So, you know, we were fortunate to capitalize on three of those windows, but we did let one get away. Sure. So – Hey, uh, Larry, I, I um, also want you to talk a little bit about your son. Um, he he uh, came very successful. Of course, he got that UCLA. Cam uh, Brown, um, awesome. You're just doing a phenomenal job. Uh, just talk a little bit about him. Well, I'm proud of him. They say guys who uh, can't catch play DB. I don't know. So uh, Trayvon Diggs may argue with that. But um, he's a receiver and can catch the ball pretty well over at UCLA. He's going to be a redshirt junior. Was very blessed to have a chance to start in all 12 games for them last year. Uh, obviously, they made it to a bowl, but that ended up getting canceled because of COVID. And just working and just learning and trying to build his craft. And, you know, hopefully he can go make a name for himself in college. You know, now he's on the field. Now he's got to go do something and establish himself. And we hope that this next season he can establish himself as one of the elite receivers in in, in college football. Yeah, man, that's yeah, that's got to be a great feeling. You got? Do you ever cover him during? You know, you're out in the backyard and you guys are throwing I'm not the ball. <laughs> it is a young man's game. Okay. Yes. yes. And, and the sooner you realize that, the, the less injuries you're gonna have. So now well, I, I don't mean, mess. I mean, I, I, I do all talk. That's it. You're the dad. You can grab him. What can you, what can you do about that? Right? Hey, hey, he got so much knowledge. All he can do is talk to him. Yes. All he can do is talk. That's there all I can go. do. Physically, it's over. Them days are gone. There you go. Yeah. I'm so, a mental coach. That's it. Mental. There you go. There's nothing wrong with that. I know you were involved when he was, when he was younger. I guarantee that. So you know, he was a great kid. And like I say, I coached him. And I, the fortunate part for me, I was very, I was very fortunate to have other good coaches where I can hand them over. I yeah. think as a parent, when you, you always want to hand them over as long as you got the right people. So uh, David Robinson, uh, who trains a lot of the receiver guys in the NFL, Dez, Brian, all those guys have been working with them since he was in the seventh, eighth grade. So I'm happy about that. And Raymond Stewart, who I went to TCU with, who's an incredible speed coach, is a speed coach. So he's had good people around him where I didn't have to do everything. Wow, that's awesome, man. Congratulations on that. Hey, Larry been down to Texas, Canada to my football camp. Texas, Canada, baby. <laughs> oh, man. Well, my roommate, Liberty Island, baby. My boy, my big saying, Liberty Island. Yeah. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so, Larry, let's talk a little bit about today's Cowboys. The Cowboys have been, you know, they've always, it seems, have a good team on paper. And, and you know, they always come up a little short at the end of the year. 
this year. It looks like they could really make a run at the Super Bowl. Um, I imagine you follow them somewhat. Do you? Mm-hmm. What do you what do you think the Cowboys are? I mean, listen, the San Francisco 49ers played a heck of a game. They're a physical team. They run the ball. They got a good defense. What do you what do you think Dallas has got to do to, to get by the 49ers coming up this week? Uh number one, I think uh everyone, no matter who you play for, has got to beat this COVID situation. You know, if you can have four or five guys out missing a game, that can affect that. So they got to try to keep everybody healthy and stay there. There, that's the first thing. I think secondly, just being consistent. You know, uh, you know, one week they're a team that can't score points. The next week they're putting 50 up against Philly. So uh, just being consistent. And then also understanding that window. Uh, I believe that in the last 20 years, I think they had two windows. I think there were some teams that Witten and Ware and Romo were on where they missed a couple opportunities that I thought they had a legitimate chance to get there, and they missed that window. And I think they have a team now that legitimately has a chance to get there, but they can't. Uh, miss uh, mishap on, on that window. They need to understand that. So uh, they can stay healthy, be consistent on both sides of the ball, and, and play good cowboy ball. And, and Dak play like he did a week ago. They'll be hard to beat. Yeah, yeah. I, I listen on paper. They look out of sight. And you know that the where you know having having a young rookie come in on defense. In fact, a lot of young players on defense, linebacker, a defensive back. I mean. They got a nice mixture right now that they haven't had in a long time, too, Larry. Yeah, absolutely. And those guys are they're being impactful. It's one thing to be a rookie or young guy, it's another thing to be impactful. Michael nice. Parsons has had a major impact on their uh defense. Uh Trayvon Diggs have had a major impact uh on those guys. And Van Der Esch and some of the other guys they drafted first are playing well. So I think they got as good a chance as anybody uh to get there. Uh obviously, you got to win this first one at home. Uh the road through the Super Bowl goes through Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. If you're going to be a great team, you got to be a good team. So it starts with the 49ers, and, and, and they're feeling really good about the win last week. So, what you predict the what you what uh, you predict the score to be this this week? Well, I'm so bad with scores. When I think it's going to be high scoring game, they're low scoring games. But I think the first one to 35 is going to win. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's, that's good. So this year in the NFL area, I've never seen so much. I don't want to say parody because the, the, the favorite teams in the beginning of the year ended up, for the most part, getting there at the end of the year. But what a year. I mean, anybody was beating everybody this year. Very hard to predict. Um, the Colts get knocked out by the Jags. I mean, yeah, by the Jaguars. And, you know, his playoffs are bust. I mean, you saw the Raiders with a lot of heart uh, playing the Chargers, which are probably mo- a little more talented. And, again, San Francisco comes back and beats everybody. Thought the Rams are going to the Super Bowl. And in the second half, they look like wild dogs. It's a real weird year this year, Larry. You know, I used to hate playing bad teams late in the year because people don't realize they are playing for a lot of things. Guys are playing for contracts. Some guys are playing for their jobs. So they're going to give you their best shot, you know, and, and they're hungry. So um, I used to hate playing bad teams late in the year. And people would take them for granted. They don't realize those guys got a lot to play for. They may not be playing for the playoffs, but they are playing for jobs, contracts, and a bunch of other uh, things that's going on in their lives there. So, and they want to finish the season right. So, you you got to play it. Hopefully, you don't put yourself in a situation where it's got to come down to one uh, game to get in or out. And uh, so, unfortunately, I, I thought Indy had a legitimate chance yeah. to make some noise in the playoffs. So, I was shocked about them. And then here goes Pittsburgh. You know, everyone writes them off every year, and Big Ben's old. And you know what? They're right there. If they win three games, they're there. So, uh, they have just as good as a chance as anybody else. So you're right. You can't predict who's going to make it. It's, yep. It's, it's, yep. It's, it's crazy. I'm Byron. It's kind of like, too, uh, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs beat Pittsburgh, there, I think, 36 to 10. It's just like uh, Alabama beating Georgia. You know, now they got to play them again. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> sometimes when you play the team the second time, well, that team is a whole different, complete team. Uh, absolutely. I, I thought that even using the Bama-Georgia analogy, the first one, uh, I just thought the quarterback – play was the difference. You know, Jordan has a great defense. And if the quarterback can play well and not turn it over like he did in the first game, they're going to have a chance. And that's exactly what they did. If you look at uh, Kansas City, uh, they've had some offensive line issues. And so, you know, Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback, but you can't be great running for your life every play. So I think that AFC side is wide open. I think the NFC side is wide open. It's anybody's race. Yep. And you know what I saw? You know what I saw too, Larry, at the end of the year was – 
old time football came back, right? We were used to everybody throwing the ball all over the place, but it was the teams that could play good defense and run the ball and be physical that were really making a run at the end of the year. Well, it's funny how things always come back to what you need to have. To to be a championship team, you got to play defense. You got to stop people. And you got to be able to run the ball and control the line of scrimmage. So, you know, it's it's funny just to see it come back to what it's going to come back to. Regular season's great, and they'll go for 5,000 yards and do all that. When you get to the playoffs, you better stop people and be able to run the football. I mean, I agree with yep. that. Is it is it you know we saw the New England Patriots kind of move up a little bit right they they kind of rejuvenated a little bit and then Miami put them down and can you understand I mean I can't understand why a Miami uh, football team would let go of a young coach that has got that 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 whole program turned around and on its way I mean that's got to be a personnel issue between him and. And, and management, right? I, I don't understand that. that. I don't understand why they did that. Absolutely. It's front office issues. And sometimes you can't, you know, that has nothing to do with the players. Uh, you got front off difference in beliefs and, and those things. So you hate to see it. And I think Miami was an up-and-coming team. And I thought Flores did a great job seeing they were picking what top five a couple of years ago. And they're building that team. They had great defense a couple of years ago, the great defense this year. They added Waddle, who had a great rookie season. Yeah. So – you hate starting over, but that's where the business is, you know, with front office and, and management and coaches can't work it out sometimes. They'll make change, but hopefully they'll bring somebody that will keep the good things that Flores put in alive. Yeah, I mean, that, that was a head scratcher. Um, So there was one play I talked to Byron about, and mm-hmm. I love defense. And, and, you know, give it to the Raiders. They won that game. They showed a lot of heart, a lot of mental uh, – a lot of mental toughness, but that interference call when a guy when Carr was throwing a ball from the forty yard line, we don't know if the receiver could have caught it. And then he runs in the defensive back, and now you're first and goal. I hate that penalty. I know it used to, I know it used to be fifteen yards, and the defensive backs used to grab him. I understand that. There's got to be a there's got to be a happy medium there because that changes the whole outlook of the game. Well, I think all PIs should be fifteen. I mean, uh, to be able to have – pass interference is the only penalty that could be a 50, 40, or 60-yard penalty. There's no other penalty that's remotely even close to that. So it's so egregious that I think it should be an automatic 15 yards no matter where it's at on the field. But to spot file it and, you know, guy throws it 50 yards, a guy bumps a PI first and go, it, you know, the owners are going to have to change it because they run the show in their league. But I, I think it's an egregious it, – it's far overdue. That penalty needs to be changed. Yeah, I agree with that. Being a receiver, I agree with that. Yeah, no doubt. So, Larry, any any uh anything that that you're doing outside of of the game itself? Any fundraisers? Anything you want to bring attention to? The show's coming to end here soon. So, anything that you want to get out there about? Any personal stuff you got going on? Uh, just mainly, I support a number of different charities, from Susan G. Uh, Coleman to breast cancer to Ron McDonald's kids for. Um, uh, to St. Jude. So there's a number of different things. So it's not necessarily one. Uh, people stay healthy, you know, um, support a cause, give back if you can. It doesn't always mean monetarily. Give your time if you can. And uh, I just encourage people just to, you know, love one another and, and hopefully uh, people can stay together and come together. Excellent. Excellent. So, Larry, thank you for coming on. Byron, of course, hooked me up with you. I remember watching you play. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm old school. I remember before you played, but I knew when I saw you, when I saw you out there on the field, uh, at that time, you were one of the best defensive backs in the league. And I hated when the Giants threw the ball your way. I hated it. I was always. I hated playing those Giants teams. They had great teams back then. <laughs> yes, under they, Bill Marcel, so, well, yes. you know, you, you don't see great coaches like that all over the place anymore. And if you look at them Giants teams with, with Bill Parcells and Belichick on staff and, Hey man, it was you didn't want to see the Giants. I tell you that. Yeah, uh, I'll <laughs> tell you. Ice I'll bath tell. weekend when you got to play the Giants. Uh, uh, yes, yes. And uh, I, I want to thank you for coming on. We enjoyed having your great interview. Thank you. And, thank, and thanks for having luck, me. And good luck. All to right, Larry. Summer. Man, we'll see you. Have yeah, a great week. Come, Larry. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. So there you go, folks. The great Larry Brown, Super Bowl MVP, three-time Super Bowl champion, and the giant, the giant announcer on his program, Byron Williams, hooked us up. So 
you know, this is how these guys are now after football, folks. They, they, they're, they're enemies on the field, but off field, it's a big brotherhood, right, Byron? Yeah, yeah, Larry. I called Larry yesterday. We talked about the hour, just catching up on things, and you know, we got a great group of guys here in Dallas. That's, that's of course, that's where I live. But you know, we, we, uh, we love giving back, and uh, we support each other. We know about each other, kids, and things like that, family. So. Just love to support. But, you know, football goes way back. It's deep, 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 deep-rooted type of relationship that you have built, whether or not you play with what whatever team. You know, we all on the same team, and that's the team – that's the game of life, you know, just yeah. enjoying yourself. Isn't it, isn't it about, Byron, you know, I mean, people don't feel – I mean, you know, I played high school ball, and, and you know, I, I coached up into the – you know, to high school a little bit into uh, almost college, but – I mean, isn't the relationships when you get up to that level? I mean, you guys, you guys fight constantly. It's mutual respect. You guys go out there, you put a hurting on each other. But at the end of the day, it's a job, you know, just like just like boxers facing off in the ring. You're fighting, but when the fight is over, I mean, there's a mutual respect and a, and almost an admiration you guys have for each other. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and you know, that's the relationship that. And that's and that's the way it should be. You know, you you might have a guy that, that knows something or have a friend that, that you can go and buy a car from or buy a house from. And it's a deep, deep, deep rooted relationship. You know, you it's just, you know, sometimes a guy says, can you pray for me? Uh, do you know where I can go if I'm going out of town? You know, so it's it's a definitely a deep connection and, and it builds just builds so much, uh, you know, togetherness. So whether you play for what team or not. These days and time, we all are in the same on the same team, and that's to, that's to help each other out. All right, Byron, I want your predictions now because okay. you won't you, you won't be going doing this until uh, next Wednesday. So you got <laughs> the Raiders at the Bengals. Who do you like and why? Byron? I just uh, I think the Raiders uh, won't beat the Bengals this week. I, I just I have to go with the Bengals. I have to say that the Bengals are gonna beat them by six or seven points. A rematch. You got the Patriots against the Bills, Byron. Man, this is gonna be a good game. I think it's gonna be a quarterback game. Mac Jones. I don't know what the weather's gonna be like, so it will be. I'm gonna go ahead and get a Bills couple of points. All right, all right. Hey, I'm 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 with you so far. You got uh, the Philadelphia Eagles against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Byron. I just you can't bet against Tom Brady. I just think you know the Eagles is. You know, they got whooped last week, but none of their players played. But I just think um, – I think I think the Bucs going to do it at home. You just can't bet against Tom Brady. He just got too much experience and knowledge. All right, now here you go. Now all your friends in Dallas, you're, you're, they're listening to you. Right? <laughs> 49ers at Dallas. Who's going to win it, Byron? I think it's going to be a four-quarter outcome. The 49ers played so hard last week. I think they're going to run out of gas in the fourth quarter. I'm going to get the Cowboys this win by six points. Okay, so your house is safe for this week, Byron. The Steelers at the Chiefs, Byron. Yeah, it's just hard to go against the Chiefs. I love Steelers. I love what they what they did to make it to the playoffs. But the Chiefs going to put up some points. I think um, they'll beat them by at least 10 to 12 points. The only – the only shot Pittsburgh has, and I think all these teams are, have a shot at beating each other, there's no doubt. I mean, they're going to have to sack. They're going to have to sack Mahomes. They're going to have to hit him. They're going to have to hit him a lot. And maybe they can do that. We'll find out. Yeah. Interesting. The most interesting game to me, because everybody thought the Rams are going to the Super Bowl, and everybody in the beginning of the year thought the Cardinals were invincible. Where here's the two teams that don't look so invincible right now, both the Cards and the Rams. Who do you got? Are you taking your team from the beginning of the year? Byron, are you gonna you're gonna switch over? I'm not gonna switch over. I'm gonna stay with the Cardinals. I'm gonna um I, I, I hate to bet against the Rams. I uh, go against the Rams, but I, I predict that the Cardinals will be a unique team this year, and I was right. They start off with a bang. So I'm thinking they're gonna re regroup and reorganize. They played Dallas well a couple of weeks ago, but I think I'm gonna have to stay with the Cardinals. All right. Now we didn't do this with points, we just wanted to do it straight up. And Byron, without points, I agreed with every pick you made. So you're going to win some money this week. Wow. Um, yes. Yeah. Every pick you every pick you had, I I agree uh, a little bit with the 49ers in Dallas. I I, I kind of I don't know, but I, I'm going to go with you. All right, I'm going. They with they you. they played the 49ers going to be tied for a quarter. 
That's no, we'll that's see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I guarantee you, Michael Parsons will not miss this game. Well, he better not because they're going to need him. Um, so, folks, that's it. Uh, it was great filling in for Jim with big play Byron Williams. Always love being doing doing the shows with Byron. A lot of knowledge and always fun having on. You have a great night. Uh, Jim will be back next week with GMB Talking Shop. Up next on Roku, you got Frankly Speaking Sports following us. And that's where they belong behind us, too, because we got the best football show on the air right here. So, folks, we'll see you next week on JB Talking Shop. Byron, say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Good thank Larry Brown for coming on as well. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate yeah, it. All right, my friend. You have a great night and a little bit of a, a little waddle. I can't do the waddle. I can't do the waddle because the waddle is with the offseason. The Miami yes. Dolphins is out. <laughs> <laughs> you have a great one, folks. Take it easy. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you after next week. And uh, we'll see if your team wins. Have a great, okay. have a great, have a great week. Playoffs. Yes, sir.